have your mindset right first, because if you're going to stress about it, it might not be for you. But if you are able to take the emotion out of it and able to kind of put your trust in other people's hands, it can be great. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fun That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fun That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fun That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times given us his insight on the online lending process. Fund That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too. And make a determination on the max purchase price. Super important. You can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff. With us today, we have a professional photographer and video producer who has a real estate portfolio that includes a condo he lives in, as well as a three-unit in Michigan and two single-family homes in Louisiana. He's a hands-off investor, and he bought his first two properties sight unseen, and three years later, hasn't been to either one of them. Based in Long Beach, California, and goes by the name Fat Taylor. How you doing, and can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? I grew up outside New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, in a really small town. Moved to Southern California right after college to pretty much work my dream job. Worked as a photographer for a BMX bike riding magazine for about five years before I decided to just do my freelance thing. During that time, I kind of got introduced to the world of investing and self-improvement and wealth building. One of the big things that was the turning point at that time was reading The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. So I highly recommend that book to anybody that's looking to change their mindset to kind of set themselves up for success. And a couple of years after reading that book, I went from the mindset of how in the hell can people afford real estate into California to, hmm, if other people can, how can I? So bought my first condo that I currently still live in. And then about a year later, bought my first investment property. And that was in Louisiana. Like you said, sight unseen. My first investment property is very similar to you. It was sight unseen. And I was living in New York City and I bought in Texas. And Mm. in fact, every house I bought was sight unseen for me personally. But I had some checks and balances in place. How did you buy it sight unseen personally and still mitigate the risk? Well, it was an area that I was familiar with because I grew up in the same area and I had one of my best friends who was already living in that same city and investing in that city. My mom was pretty close by, so she kind of went and drove by the place. My friend that was an investor 
went and drove by there. Because my friend was investing there, he had a trusted property manager that he was already starting to do investing business with as well. So I essentially put my trust in other people. And actually, for me, it was a little bit easier to buy it sight unseen because when you go to a property, for me, it's hard to take out the emotion and it's hard to not have it be perfect, if that makes sense. Because when I look at a place, I think of how I would want to live in it. And some of these lower income houses, they need so much work that it's not possible to fix it up to where I would want to live in it personally, you know. But there's a lot of people that their standards and their cost of living are just different than mine. So for me, it was easier to take the emotion out of it by not going to see the property first. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah, that makes sense. And it makes sense to me personally because, as I said, I did the exact same thing, very similar. Basically, I put my trust in the real estate agent to find a place. And then I told the property manager where it was. He was familiar with the area. Obviously, it's a pretty small town. He was able to go check it out. And then, of course, I had a property inspector go in there and give me the full report and between the property management guy talking to the property inspector and looking over the report, he basically says, I can rent it out. And if he says he can rent it, then go ahead. Mm-hmm. When did you buy that? Great question. Let me pull up my notes here. <laughs> Let's see. That was October 28, 2011. October 2011. Mm-hmm. Okay. We got another similarity. I bought mine in October as well. It was 2009, October 2009. You bought it in October 2011. What did you pay for it? What's it rent for? Paid $63,500 and currently rents for $750 a month, I believe. I say I believe because I'm so hands-off that I honestly don't have any of this stuff off the top of my head. I would have to Mm -hmm. dig through stuff. That's fine. So you paid about $64,000. Yep. How much, if any, did you have to put into it to get a tenant to move in? That was actually a perk as well. This property manager, he essentially had his team go in and do all the work, which I think was about $2,500 worth of work, but I didn't have to pay it up front. He waited until it was rented out and started taking the payments to pay off that $2,500 out of the, the rent. And the first time it got rented, it took several months. I'm not exactly sure why, but it took a lot longer than it has been taking now. And he still just waited. So. I never had to come out of pocket for those costs. How much is it worth today? I think it's probably appraising it at about seventy-five or 76000 What's your plan for the property? Maybe this is a terrible answer, but I don't have a long-term plan like defined, I suppose. I'm definitely going to hold it for at least several more years. After that, who knows? But I guess off the top of my head, I would say to have it paid off and just keep it. But yeah, I don't have like a five-year exit strategy or anything like that laid out right now. It sounds like it would be a deal that cash flows a little bit. You probably get what, like a hundred bucks or two at most a month from it? Yeah, something like that. I mean, again, those are kind of things that I would have to do a little digging for because since I have two properties in Louisiana, the same property manager, everything kind of is lumped into one, you know? So I keep everything like on an Excel spreadsheet on one file for those two properties and his report are on one file. So yeah, I mean, at the end of the year, it's not like I'm taking money out of that account to go on vacation or anything. You know, I keep all my money in a real estate investing account and kind of look at it as just a a long-term strategy where the properties are building up their equity. I'm not really putting in any of my own money to do anything. They're sort of running themselves. I kind of step back, let them do their thing. If I needed the money 
to liquidate the properties. I could sell one or two or whatever, but hopefully I don't need to do that anytime soon and they can just get paid off by the tenants. And then at that point, I'll still have property that's worth a lot more than when I bought it. And at that point, their cash flow more, obviously. Yep. It's a long-term play. And I have the same approach with my single family homes. You mentioned your other property. When did you buy that? How much did you pay for it? And what's it rent for? The second one I bought was actually the three unit in Michigan. Let's see. That one was $19,000. I bought that in cash. I bought that also in October of 2013. When all three units are rented out, it's right at about $1,400, which sounds amazing on the surface because, like I said, I paid cash and it's like $1,400 a month or so. Problem with that one is because it's a three unit, I have to pay for snow shovel removal, which I didn't think about in the beginning because I'm not from a place that has snow. Also, the gas bill in the winters gets to be pretty high, and those are in my name as well just because of the way the property is set up and stuff. So it sounds great at first, but also because it's such an old place and it cost 19000 you can't imagine it was in that great a shape in the beginning. You know, there's always repairs and stuff. And the lower income housing over there, you know, we've got tenants that need to be evicted. So again, that was not like cash flowing like crazy. I'm not pulling a bunch of money out to go buy new stuff or anything. So I tried to quickly before I got on with you. And it, by the way, it's 6 a.m. here in, in Vietnam at the moment. <laughs> I tried to get up at five and do a couple of quick number crunches <laughs> for you. But that property last year pulled in about $2,400 at the end of the year after everything was said and done. And you paid cash for that one. That's correct. It pulled in 2400 bucks for the year. Do you have the same approach with that property that you do your other one in Louisiana? You mean as far as kind of holding on to it and yeah. kind of waiting it out? Because there is no mortgage on that one. So you right. basically already got that done. Yeah, I'm hoping that that one goes up in value. And I could imagine myself selling that one sooner than the other ones, just because I have a better relationship with the property manager in Louisiana. And the place in Louisiana is an area that's definitely going to grow more. It's a lot closer to New Orleans, which when Hurricane Katrina hit, a lot of people moved from that kind of flood zone area to the area that I'm investing in now, plus the college town. Whereas Michigan, it just seems like the economy there is not going as great and prices aren't going up as much. And it just doesn't seem like the value of that property is going to go up that much more. So I could see myself getting out of that one a little bit sooner and then just putting the money into another place in Louisiana. So you've got the three unit in Michigan. You have the single family in Louisiana and you have the condo that you live in. Uh, You have have two single families in Louisiana, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. So I went back to Louisiana after getting the one in Michigan. So that one was purchased June of 2014. It was right at $38,000, so pretty cheap. And that one rents for, I think, 550 or so. And that one, I, I did see it beforehand, but not necessarily because I had to. I just so happened to be down there visiting my family. And you know, every time I go there, of course, I meet up with the property manager and, and hang out with him a little bit and stuff. And he went and showed me a place that I think it was a place that he thought was going to be on the market soon or something. Because he manages so many properties in the area, he talks to all these owners and knows when the woman's husband has died and she's looking to get rid of the place or knows when somebody's looking to get out of their situation or whatever. So he knew that this one was about to go on the market or somebody might be interested. So he went ahead and showed it to me while I was there. But like I said, I didn't need to see it. I just so happened to be there. What was the all-in price? So purchase price plus any rehab costs? No rehab right away. Somebody was already living there. They continued to live there for a while, but I guess they stopped paying rent. So they got kicked out. But yeah, 38000 
$38,000 and 550 is the rent. Yep. So let's see if I go 550 divided by 38000. So it's 1.4%. So it cash flows better than your first purchase, but assuming the three units doing what it's supposed to be doing, the gas bills and snow shoveling's not too crazy. Not as good as a three unit, right? Yeah. But again, that's all well and good on paper. But once other expenses come up and property tax and the evictions or repairs and anything like that. So together on my two Louisiana properties, like I said, I kind of combined those on one spreadsheet. I think last year was a loss of about $1,300 for the year total. And I think looking at this little snapshot I've got pulled up, I think that was largely due to a couple months that there were some pretty hefty repairs. I believe there was like a new air conditioner on one of them, which was a couple thousand and maybe some new flooring on another one. And then somebody got kicked out and you've got the court costs and to repair a couple of doors and closets and things like that. But all those repairs for my Louisiana properties, the property manager takes that out of the rent before he deposits the rent to my account. So what I show is not a bill for $500 for whatever. I show just less on my income on those. Doing it that way is just another way that I'm able to kind of stay hands off and just kind of have a little bit less stress on my end when I'm dealing with things because he takes care of hiring the people to go there. I don't even know that anything happened until after it's completed. So it's like, oh, cool, this place had some new mini blinds put in and this place had some new flooring put in and cool. I didn't have to do anything. I just sit back and wait for the money to hit my account. You're from Louisiana. You live in California. How'd you come across a three unit in Michigan and what city is it in, in Michigan? That's in Saginaw. So the same friend that invests in Louisiana, we had a mutual friend in Saginaw and this guy, I guess he learned how to do construction at some point. And when the market crashed, he started buying up houses for just a few thousand dollars and then kind of rehabbing them himself and then getting renters in and stuff. So my buddy in Louisiana saw what this guy was doing. and was like, wow, that seems pretty cool, but I don't do construction. So he ended up buying a place in Michigan for like 25000 in the same area that our friend was rehabbing places. Are you talking about Terry Adams? Yes, I am. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, Terry Adams was on the show recently. The BMXer who also yep. invests in real estate. Yeah, okay, got it. There you go. Yeah, so he's one of my best friends. He, was, he stood at my wedding a couple months ago, you know, to refresh the listeners if, if they hadn't heard his story or need a re- refresher. Like I said, he invested up there, and I was like, man, that seems easy enough, you know? So I just basically cold-called real estate agents. Originally, I tried to go with the agent that helped him out and just didn't seem like I worked well with her. Terry was a guy that likes to talk to people on the phone every single day. I'm more of, like I said, kind of hands-off, do things through email. And the agent that I was working with, I just didn't like the way she communicated through email. So I called a few other places and emailed a few other people and found somebody that I liked. And he sent me a a couple of places online. I said, sure, this one looks good. Let's go ahead and buy it. And it was a really quick and easy process. And of course, that person was also able to recommend a property manager who I spoke to on the phone and emailed with a couple of times and felt like I could trust them. So that was that. Like I said, the first time I bought a property site unseen, I kind of knew how the process went. So I did the same thing. Got an inspector out there, gave me a full rundown and report of the inspection. I was able to pass that off to the property manager and the rest is history. Based on your experience as an investor, what is your best advice ever for listeners who want to buy properties remotely like you are? Have your mindset right first, because if you're going to stress about it, it might not be for you. But if you 
are able to take the emotion out of it and able to kind of put your trust in other people's hands, it can be great. Another kind of more immediate piece of advice I'd love to give to people, use a credit card when possible. Quick little story. Recently at my place in Michigan, I needed a new roof. I was trying to hit the sign-up bonus on a particular credit card to get my 50,000 free miles so I can get a free flight. <laughs> and I was like, sweet, I can use the credit card and get that $3,000 to hit the bonus. So I used the credit card. Thankfully, I did because apparently the guy never showed up to do the roof. And after trying to contact him, my property manager, of course, tried to contact him for several months, kept getting the runaround. Finally, the property manager had to tell me, like, look, he hasn't showed up. I tried to leave you out of this because he knows I'm hands off. And eventually it just came down to the fact that the guy wasn't coming. Because I used my credit card, I was just able to call Chase Bank and tell them, like, hey, I paid for a service. Guy never showed up. They sent me the money back. No questions asked. It was like a five-minute phone call, and I was completely off the hook for this guy. And now it's their problem, you know? So mm. great advice. Use a credit card when possible. These roofers and stuff, they'll want you to pay cash. Don't do it. Ah. That is definitely a good story, and I believe that will help at least one best-ever listener save some moolah yeah. when something like that happens. Yeah, thanks for sharing that story. No problem. You ready for the best-ever lightning round? Let's do it. Okay, first, a quick word from our best-ever partners. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash bestever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Are you looking for your next home in a high-value market like San Francisco? Gabrielle Doms with Premier Properties is a leading broker whose market knowledge and attention to detail gets results for you. Contact Gabrielle at 415-200-7202. That's 415-200-7202. What's the best ever book you've read? Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. Best ever reason why you're in Vietnam right now? To experience life with my new wife and to grow stronger together with her. Congratulations on the recent marriage. Thanks. Best ever deal you've done? The one we didn't really talk about, which is the condo that I live in, because I got it after the market crashed for 180000 and now six years later, it's worth about three hundred thirty. Best ever way you like to give back? Talking with people one-on-one -on -one and kind of sharing advice and experiences. Just kind of sharing experiences. What would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate investing on a deal so far? I don't know if it's a mistake, but the fact that I didn't know that when you have a three unit that you have to pay to have the grass cut and the snow shoveling done, <laughs> I wish I'd have known that ahead of time. That was a, a big eye opener. Also, the parking lot or the driveway that gets torn up, having to make sure that's taken care of. What about any of the trash? you have to do anything there? No, not that I know of, <laughs> unless my property manager does something that I don't know about. What's the best place the best ever listeners can get in touch with you? Currently through powercouple.com. I'm on a three and a half month trip around the world with my wife while she's pregnant nonetheless. And we are documenting our trip through powercouple.com and on Instagram at powercouple. All right. Sounds good. Very intriguing. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for waking up so darn early while you're hanging out with your wife enjoying Vietnam. 
and traveling. I appreciate you talking through the details of your deals and the lessons learned that investors will come across if they don't know already. So like you're talking about the gas bill, the snow shoveling, and then also you're living in a condo and you're just riding it out and you're playing the long game, which is important. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Can I add two quick things? Sorry to drag it on for you. Yeah, absolutely. The condo that I'm living in, as I'm traveling around the world, we actually rented out through Airbnb. And so that's kind of bringing in some great rental income. Also, a quick mention, Power Couple is P-O-W-R-C-U-P-L.com and on Instagram. So thank you so much. Yep, cool. I have just changed it in the show notes. Good (laughs) thing you mentioned that. All right, have a great weekend. Thanks a lot. Take care. Are you looking for your next home in a high-value market like San Francisco? Gabrielle Doms with Premier Properties is a leading broker whose market knowledge and attention to detail gets results for you. Contact Gabrielle at 415-200-7202. That's 415-200-7202.